We are back in the book of Daniel, and Karen in a second is going to read uh, from Daniel chapter 3. But I just want to introduce, so that when you're listening to Karen reading, you can be starting to think uh, about the subject of trusting God. So this morning we're thinking about why we should trust God and how we can get to trust God more, how we can learn to trust God more. And I want to tell you a little bit about the background to the story that Karen's going to read, because this is set in a time when actually it was really, really hard to trust God. It's one of those Old Testament readings where we know when it happened. It happened in the year 605 BC. That's a very long time ago, 2,623 years ago. Um, And it comes at a time when King Nebuchadnezzar, he'll be in the story, um, was... Um, laying siege. He was surrounding the city of Jerusalem, trying to take it. And he started to, as he started to capture the city, he took some people back away from the city to his own country, to Babylon. And some of the characters in our story are some of those first people that were taken back to Babylon. Now, that makes it a really hard time, I think, for the people of God to trust God. God had made promises through the Old Testament, first to Abraham, then to Moses, then to David. He promised them a a land. He promised them a temple to worship in. He promised them a king who would reign in Jerusalem. He promised them uh, descendants, as many as the stars or or the sand in the beach. And all of a sudden, this foreign king is is making war on them and is taking the people away. What has happened to the promises of God? How hard it must be for God's people to trust in God at that time. Now Karen's going to read about one of the things that happened in Babylon at that time. Thank you, Karen. This is from the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verses 8 to 18. It's on page 886, if you want to follow it, in the Pew Bibles. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a burning furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will you be, will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Karen. Um, I'm just going to move this, and if we could get the PowerPoint up, that would be great. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are three friends of Daniel, and they are part of this group of people that have been uh, exiled to Babylon, to a foreign country. And the king, the king that had waged war on Jerusalem, to be honest, gets a bit big for his boots and suddenly decides that not only is he going to be king, but he wants two people to start to worship him. Uh, We've been singing worship songs, which Steve has led us to the one true God. And King Nebuchadnezzar decides it would be quite nice if people would start singing worship songs to him. What a dreadful thing. What an appalling thing. And he makes this great big gold statue, which is really, really, really high. And he says, you need to start praying to this statue. What an awful, awful thing to do. What are Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to do? The king says, anyone that doesn't do that, you're in the fiery furnace. You're in the furnace blazing with fire. Can we have the next slide, please, Paul? And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are caught, not doing what the king wants. And they're brought before him. And I doubt they look quite like that with those kind of jackets and boots, but never mind. Um, There they are, threatened with the fiery furnace. And what they said back to King Nebuchadnezzar is the important bit, the last bit that Karen read in our story. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, actually, we've no need to answer you in this matter. Our God, who we serve, is able to save us, to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, please know, O king, that we will not serve your made-up gods or worship your golden statue that you have set up. Remember how hard it was for these people, given what had happened to them, over the last year to trust in God. But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego say, no, even though you threaten us with the fiery furnace, we're not going to worship the made up gods. We're not going to worship you. We're going to worship the one true God because he is the God who we trust. And here's a great example to all of us in how we can trust God, even when that seems a very difficult thing to do. Two things, I think, about this story and about what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego say about why it is that we can trust God and how we can learn to trust God more. And they both come in this really important verse, Daniel 3, verse 17. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. First of all, you see, they trust the God that they know. They trust the God that they've built up a personal relationship with. We had a great example of that, didn't we, with you two guys at the beginning, that you knew each other. And Carl asked for two people that were roughly the same height that knew each other. And um, I'm afraid I don't know your names, but whoever it was that fell back, Ben, you showed great trust in your big brother, Charlie. And you knew each other, and you kind of knew that he was going to catch you, didn't you? Yeah. 
And it's a bit like that with God. If, if we know God and we get to know him, we're told, the Bible tells us, we are members of God's family through what Jesus has done for us. Then we can grow in trust with God. And of course, this is the great big difference between the true God and false things like worshipping a king who's a bit big for his boots or a golden statue, because you can't get to know a golden statue. And you can't trust a king or a leader that's getting a bit big for their boots. But we can trust and we can know the God who we have a personal relationship with. How can we do that today? My experience is this is our lifetime's work, but it's a work that we do every single day of our lives. And it doesn't matter whether we start, how young we start or how, or how long we've been doing that daily thing of learning to trust God. I think there are two key ways, and we're doing them both in our service today. We do them every Sunday. And I would really encourage you, um, whether you're start, whether you're, you're three or four and just starting out, or whether you're 103 or 104 and you've been doing it for a number of years, to get to trust God more by building that relationship with God through prayer, talking to God, and through reading our Bibles, getting to know who God is and what he has done and what his promises are. And that way, each of us can each day build a bit more that personal relationship with God, getting to know him better. But I think that there is a second reason in that key verse why it was that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were able to trust God at this really tricky time. Our God who we serve, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, is able to deliver us, is able to save us, is able to keep us safe, is able. We trust a God who we know, and secondly, we trust a God who we know is able to do what he promises. And I think that the way that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego knew that God was able was because they knew their Bible stories really well. They, I'm sure, would have been reading their Hebrew Bibles every single day. They would have had their parents reading them uh, with them because the book of Deuteronomy tells parents to do that. Uh, they would have um, read them themselves as they got older. They would have heard the stories. And in particular, there's one story that they would have known really well, which is the story of the Exodus, the story of the people of God escaping from Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. A great story of God saving his people. And I think this is a key way in which Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego knew that the God they trusted is a God who is able to keep them safe. Listen to how in the book of Exodus, this story of coming through the Red Sea ends. Exodus 14, 29 to 31. The people of Israel went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, God saved them from the Egyptians. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of God displayed against the Egyptians, they put their trust in him. They put their trust in him. 
and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as they'd grown up in Jerusalem and even all the time when they'd been moved against their will to Babylon would have read this story and would have grown up knowing that the God they trust is a God who has a track record, a God who has plenty of examples of saving his people. Can we have the last slide? If we read on, and I would encourage you, if you don't know the story that well, when you go home over lunch, um, I'm sure you know, talk over lunch is kind of boring. Don't talk about football or whatever, or last night's TV. Talk about Daniel chapter 3 and have a read of the whole of the rest of the story and see what God actually does for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you'll see if you read that story that when he, that the king is too big for his boots does put them in the fiery furnace. But then when he looks in the fiery furnace, he sees not Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego three, but he sees four people in the fiery furnace. And he asks them to come out. And he finds that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego not only are miraculously alive, but they're not even hurt. Their big jackets are not even singed. And that's because God was with them in the fiery furnace. And when we think about Bible stories for you and I that help us to know that God is able to save us, we have a big advantage of a Bible story that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't know because it hadn't yet happened in 605 BC. We know the story that we read all together two and three weeks ago of the story of Easter, of how God's own son, Jesus, rose from the dead and is alive and is with us today, just like four people in the fiery furnace. Wherever I go, two people, Chris and God beside me, the risen Lord Jesus. So how... This week, can we learn to trust God more? Two ways. Work each day on our personal relationship with God through prayers and through reading the great stories of the Bible. And then secondly, remembering what God has done. So when the Bible says God is able to save us, you can trust me, says God, because I am able to save us. Remember the greatest story of all. God with us. Jesus risen from the dead.